Welcome to the Global Mission Awareness Podcast, where the last command of Jesus is our first priority, to bring the good news to the least, last, and lost. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Kingdom Family Talks. This is your host, Kaylee, today. This is actually my first podcast in office. I'm a part of the staff here at GMA. Um, I get the great privilege of helping run the team and uh, managing Leif's travel schedule. You can imagine how wild and fun that is. <laughs> I'm here sitting across from Leif Hetland, and um, I feel like this is a little bit of a dream come true for me, like just to, to sit here and to pull gold out of you on, on some of my favorite subjects. So um, today we're talking about dreams. Um, Leif, you are an incredible dreamer. I remember hearing story after story of people asking you just to share your dreams. And you'd have hundreds of things written down on a list. And um, I find that I meet people who don't know how to dream as well and who have, have things that keep them from dreaming. So I'm really excited today to talk about uh, some of those dream killers. And I know there's four specific things that God has placed on your heart that um, keep people from dreaming wildly with him. And he's really created us to dream with him and to create. So I'd love to just dive in and hear about some of those dream killers and um, yeah, we can move forward and, and talk about some of the stories in your, your personal life that of where you've learned these things. Mm. Yeah, no, <clears throat> first of all, disappointments. I'm just going to give a, an overview. Disappointment is one of those big, big dream killers. Discouragement, and I know we all face this discouragement. And then you will find distractions. Suddenly in the next moment that these distraction moves us away from our dreams and then delays when it doesn't happen at the time that we expected it to happen. Time goes along and so many funerals, so many dreams are buried also because people, they expected it to happen. And we know the stories like Joseph to see all those years, about 13 years from it was spoken before he from he went from the pit to the prisons to the purity test to the prophetic test. I mean, he goes through all this journey before he ended up to fathering Pharaoh. It was a long journey before his brother stood before him and his dream became reality. It was a long journey before David, a shepherd boy, became a king. So many times, the bigger the size of the dream, meaning it's almost like being pregnant, uh, that the bigger the baby, the bigger the push, and the longer the gestation period of time. So here, those are the four that I have noticed, as you know, that I am a dreamer. So these are more four specific things in my life, but also as I have been watching other people, uh, I think that uh, I think that most children, most children, they know how to dream. And I think that one of the, the things that touched me in Colorado Springs, uh, it was one of the first time I talked about, actually I talked about not just dreaming with God, but also for God to dream with you. And I talked about the power of desire and I remember so clearly, I asked many of the adults that was in this room, in this church, I said, how many of you tell me about your dream? And I'm just like, how many of you have a dream? And but people just kind of, a, there was not a whole lot of life because I realized they've had so many disappointment, so many discouragement, so many distractions, so many delays that they have started to survive and they stopped soaring. So to some degree, if we don't expect much, we don't have to have many disappointments. So they didn't want to expect a lot. So what I did is I said, let's get children's church. And I brought all these little kids 
And I never forgot it. I brought him those three, four, five, six year old, all these children came in from children's church, interrupted the sanctuary. We lined them up and from their parents and their grandparents. And then I took the microphone. I went to little kids. Hi, Johnny, what do you want to do when you grow up? Oh, I'm going to be a fireman. Hey, what about you? I'm going to be a princess or I'm going to be a professional baseball player. I went and I just saw these kids and, and somebody, I'm going to be a Hall of Famer. Oh, I'm going to be a Hall of Famer too. Oh, I'm going to be a, and it just went to the line. And then afterwards, I just realized what happened actually when you're seeing all of those little children, none of them, I mean, they all had some kind of a dream in them. But now when they've been grown-ups, something has happened. And that's kind of where the four Ds came from. As I started to look a little bit closer at each one of those adults, there was a time when that lid hit, disappointments came in, discouragement came in, or perhaps there was some distraction that came in while I was going to go to the nation, but then I became pregnant. Or we bought that house and financially we ended up with a 30-year mortgage and stuff happened and it became all these different distractions that took him away from what they were supposed to do. And then the delays happened. People thought, it's never going to happen. So they had a funeral of that dream. And that saddens my heart because I've seen so many caskets of funerals. We were there and people buried their dream because they thought this is never going to happen. I'm not going to expect. So that's part of my heart is to be able to see a lot of resurrection of dreams as we're looking at these four Ds. Yeah, I love that. I think the children, like that is that is it. It's being childlike. It's it's hand in hand with God. Um, you know, there's there's circumstances that that happen to life. You know, life just happens sometimes. Like you mentioned, with maybe you bought a house and everything fell through, or you're unable to get pregnant. Um, I'd love to start with disappointment and really hear from you how you navigate disappointment when life just happens, and what are some elements um, that help you overcome disappointment so you're able to dream. Yeah. I think that the uh, yeah I've. Uh... I faced disappointments probably more than any of these other ones. And, and I think that even as I was looking at this, I thought about from my broken neck after the dream was to going into the nations, to the body cast and sitting in a wheelchair, to the tumor. So there's been health. But I think the big disappointment when I looked at that word this morning that came to me was I had a friend that I did all these dreams with. His name was Todd Bevan, and I know many of the people listening know that story. But I was just thinking about that disappointment because we did everything together. The dream was together. What we did in the nations were together. GMA, we did that together. He was like Jonathan was to David, and then uh, he ended up with cancer. And I believed, his wife believed, his children, we, we all believed. And for two years, we just fought and fought and fought. Every time I was supposed to have rest, I either ended up flying to Seattle to fight for him. And then for two years, didn't have him with me and didn't bring anybody else to have with me on the road because he was supposed to be there. And then when he died, I remember that was probably one of the biggest funeral of disappointment because everything in me wanted to stop myself. It's like, okay, I, I can just survive. I don't need to press in. I kind of landed to a place where... I could do some conferences, some meetings, write a few books, keeping a small little staff and, and live a good life. But why continue to push forward? Because the pain of that disappointment. So that was one of my biggest painful disappointment, how to face that, how to overcome it. And uh, one more story that I wanted to connect here that I just read the other day that encouraged me. And that is about the little girl called Margrita. Margrita, I just read the story and it kind of just remind me to get language for my own, how to face my own disappointment. But when she was eight years old, the dad left her 
And she just saw Mama, how hard Mama was working and what Mama was doing. She says, one day, Mama, I'm going to take you all over the world and we're going to travel the whole world together. That was the dream. But the disappointment is there. You don't have the money, don't have the daddy around, you don't have. And when she was about 13 years old, Margarita, uh, the Girl Scouts came out and said, hey, whoever sells the most Girl Scout cookies this year, they are going to be able to win a trip around the world for two people. And she's like, this is an opportunity for my dream to come true. So it's like, after all this time, I'm waiting and thinking maybe it is impossible. And then, but now what you start to see in her, one of them was her own creativity, how to face disappointments. Because even if you're going to sell, there's thousands of other girls selling Girl Scout cookies. How, how do you face that? How do you face even when people you're coming in, they don't want Girl Scout cookies. And her aunt gave her a good advice. And it's kind of connected to my own story. But the aunt says, hey, Margarita, you do not sell Girl Scout cookies. You sell your dream. Just invite these people to be able to say, hey, I have this dream. And I want you to be part of this dream. How many boxes do you want? And she sold the most Girl Scout cookies. She won a trip, travel around the world. There was a book that is written. Walt, I mean, Disney used her story even as a training for their leadership. Meaning that this little girl, the way she faced her disappointment in regard to one of them was the creativity. The other one was also to see the end of the story, what this is going to look like. So now in behalf of Todd Bevan and my thing, that first of all, I said, it's going to be another million names added to the Lamb's Book of Life because of Todd. That's going to cost the enemy something. The second of all, I'm going to see a thousand people with stage four cancer that is going to be healed. What I'm saying now, I suddenly realizing that what the enemy meant for evil, if I had given up there because of the disappointments, there is certain things that I'm doing today that I'm saying yes to in honor of Todd, because it's going to cost the enemy something. And also even now as I'm going to see his wife, Wendy, and the kids when we go there. So I'm just realizing that you have to have something to give pain purpose and then to see the end goal in itself. So when you're faced with a disappointment, if that's like I've had health or I've lost people, there's things, there's so many things that wanted to kill your dream. But for me now, if I'm sitting in that wheelchair and couldn't walk, I still, the disappointment was there. I'm not going to be able to fulfill my dream. That's what the dream killers would say. But I started again to dream and say, no, this is the prophetic words over my life. Then I'm going to travel across the world. What she, what she could say, Margarita, in her story, <laughs> when people are rejecting her and will not buy the cookies. No, no, no. I'm going to take my mom across the world. And selling the Girl Scout cookies is not what it's all about. It is I'm going to take my mom across the world. And so what I'm saying is what I'm facing on a daily basis then, that could be writing that book or that could be taking that next trip or organizing the next team or raising up other sons and daughters, living with that disappointment. Every one of us that are dreamers will live with disappointment. And that's one of those myths that I just wanted to face right with people. If you think that you're not going to experiencing disappointments, then disappointment is one of the first things that would try to kill your dream. But all I'm saying is every single person that I know that are living their dream today is because they face their disappointments. And they did it with courage, they did it with creativity, but they also did it in regard to, they saw a bigger picture, what the enemy meant for evil, God used it for something good. And it actually gave extra fuel in regard to getting back up again, never giving up. Get up back on your feet again. And as long as you continue to show up, it's not over yet. So that's just my encouragement in regard to that. Wow, yeah, I think um, just from my own experience, what 
one of the most cre- courageous things someone can do is uh, choose to believe in hope again when you face disappointment over and over again. Um, I would love to hear from you. Maybe maybe two to three practical things you've done in those seasons of disappointment when after you've stood with Todd for, for years and um, just that tension of, of when he passed away and facing that disappointment, what are some practical things you did in dreaming with God in in facing that with great courage? Like, was there times where you just you just specifically spent time in prayer asking God to touch those places or making lists of dreams? Or what? how did you combat disappointment? Uh, the first one I did was good grief. I went through a season of, because it was very, very painful. I didn't want to, uh, and I, I knew enough about grief to know that if I didn't take my time to go through that season of griefing, uh, meaning I cried, uh, I was honest with God about what I was feeling and the disappointment. Uh, even when we did, I, I stood there over the ocean of Norway at the moment when I got that he died. And I couldn't even be there for the funeral. I made a video for the funeral and I couldn't get back home. When I faced him, even as he was sitting, the last conversation we had together, and I built memory stones around it. So the first thing is I, I, I went through a grieving process and it took a year. Just I'm still grieving in a sense. You will you never get over it, but I'm talking about just the pain of the different season you go through of grieving. And that's that was one other thing. The second thing I did also in the next moment is building memory stones. So I have even here in the office, when you walk in a pitch of Todd, when we are praying on the wall, I have memory stones everywhere of what we did get to have together. So it's like for somebody to maybe be married for all these years and lost their spouse, building the memory stones around all these things that instead of, no, I, I lost 30 years I should have had with that person. You could say, no, I got 20 years with this person. Let's look at all the precious moment I got to have. So I just seeing how wealthy I am that had a Todd Bevan in my life, uh, all the experience we did get to have together, how he made me better than I am, how he taught me covenant friendship and everything else. So I'm just seeing that memory stones is helping me uh, as a second practical thing. And what I mean with memory stone is I'm having pictures, I'm having videos, I'm having the very things of all these experiences I got to have together with Todd. And instead of all the times I did not have third one for me that's connected is the eternal realm. Todd is connected to what's happening here now. Therefore, you run this race set before you. So even death is not over, even in regard to the natural pain or whatever you're facing of disappointment. But Todd is among the large cloud of witnesses that are in heaven that are watching what's taking place. One of the cheerleaders, same as Dr. Bob Phillips, who's another one of my close friends. I lost three of my close if you say if I had five friends inside on a covenantal level, we lost three of them. So when you're going in in that season, but now realizing that I have some of the best cheerleaders, that also has a motivation for me to say, yes, continue to get up and don't give up life. It's not over yet. You've been given this torch. We're up here. We're believing in you, but you're going to finish everything that God spoke over us and bring somebody else's in now. So that's the other. The last thing that I'm doing now is nobody can replace Todd, but what God can always give upgrades. And that's what God is. So he, he, he will never give you anything less than himself. God will never give his sons and daughters anything less than himself. So in the middle of it, the word is never the less, nevertheless. Mm-hmm. So it's never going to be less. So there's other people now that God is bringing into our life and into our inner circle. One of them I'm having lunch with tomorrow. So finally after this morning is bringing in even a whole team to replace the very thing that was needed there. So that's going to lead to the biggest upgrade 
and it's going to cost the enemy something. And that gives me great joy uh, to make it hard for people to go to hell and easy for people to go to heaven. So the very thing that Todd carry, I'm making sure I carry that, but it's also I'm making sure that other people, that special sauce of Todd, the two primary thing over his life is also something. It would be similar what you went through with your mom and the loss. What are some of the lessons you learned there in regard to yeah, that's right. I think the things that you listed are are so key on the journey of of navigating disappointment and and really it's necessary for every person's journey is if you can learn to navigate this thing well, God can take you anywhere. Mm-hmm. I fully believe that with all of me. So, uh, like uh, my mom passed away a year and a half ago and it was unexpected. Uh, she was young. My brothers and I are all really young, and it was one of those moments where it just it knocks the breath out of you. These shocking things that you know that were they were never God's intention, but you have to really wrestle with those things. So when you lose hopelessness, um, just it's just those those things. It's like I realized that when disappointment settles in you, it leads to the next thing of of discouragement. It's literally where it feels like the enemy grabs all the courage inside of you and takes it out. You know, it's you see these fighters like if you're into UFC or or anything like that, you'll see these uh, these fighters get the wind knocked out of them. And often, when you're discouraged, that's what it, it what it feels like. So on your journey, like if I were to take another business adventure and it didn't end up well, like I had this great dream that I wanted to see happen. I wanted to start this amazing business, but um, just wasn't financially working out. Like that feels like the wind's being knocked out of you. So I would love to hear as well from you um, how you've navigated discouragement because it snowballs, it does. Like when when disappointment takes root, you become discouraged in a lot of ventures that you take with God. And I'd really love to hear some some things that you've walked through in discouragement, how you've navigated it, and um, some practical things to help the listeners and, and myself get through it. I think that what we've started to see, I mean, the opposite word for discouragement is, of course, courage. Mm-hmm. So another way to say is, how do I grow in courage? Is that you have faced a lot of discourage. And uh, discourage can come in many different forms and facets. Sometimes the discouragement comes from the ones that are the closest to you. That's when it makes it hard, but it also tells you where love goes deep. Because I don't, if, if, if discouragement comes from something that doesn't have a whole lot of value, it's not a very... And deep discouragement. So I have just also seen here now practically speaking that when there is discouragement, it's always an invitation for me to have an upgrade in courage. So when I've had that, that because the enemy now is trying to take, as you're saying, take the win out of you and everything else. But now for me is how do I take some courageous steps, courageous action? And one of the things that I've done on several different occasions where there's been some major discouragement not because God says so, but what I have done is now I'm going in and saying, God, stepping into courage, I'm going to invite you to dream with me here, God. But we're going to rent this stadium. We're going to go out now publicly speaking, and we're going to now going after it, and we're going to see 30,000 healings. We're going to certain things that is just so outrageously full of courage. Where did that come from? The discouragement. And it is not just out of the blindness, but I'm suddenly coming in and saying, okay, what... What is this going to look like? So some of it is just mean and is connected also to your desire of your heart then. So even now I've done it on several occasions where there's been killing or persecution or, or things that has come against us. I've gone on the opposite side and suddenly now release courage to face that very thing with the opposite. And then it's going to, if, if the enemy has come after there, now we're going to see all these names added to the Lamb's Book of Life. 
And I remember, I think it was Rodney Howard Brown when he lost his daughter and he had discouragement. I think he is the one that says it's going to cost one million souls for the enemy. So automatically you get encouraged now to going after something and now that is the focal point. And we've seen it so many times that some of the most courageous things I've ever done in my life, if it hadn't been for that discourage. But that's also the memory stones when there's other discouragement that comes in and you feel like the wind is out of you again. Then you have to go back again to those memory stones. I said, you remember the last time you were so discouraged, you wanted to give up. And we see this in scripture with a lot of people. Elijah, I think, is one of the big examples of that. But it led to if Elijah hadn't gone through his discouragement, we actually end up almost suicidal. That's how bad it went in 1 Kings 19. And hopefully we will do another podcast on that. I call it a battle you fight after the battle you won. So it's many times you start dreaming and then the opposite has happened. And this disappointment comes in and then discouragement. It's like it knocks the wind out of you. There is a process back again here. But the byproduct of Elijah, he ended up, he wouldn't have had an Elijah if it was not for it, that ended up with double of what he had before. So the legacy that moved on, even beyond when Leif Hetland is not because of the courageous thing I've done. There's a whole generation of people, even today around me, that are doing these courageous things they've never done before because that you did pay a price in courage and that could only come. And that gives you wind in your sail when you're faced with discouragement and say, what is the courageous thing that I'm gonna do right now? What is that going to look like? And then how do I also raise up a whole new group of other people that can move into courage on a level they never did before? It's like, wow, you went, there were so many other giant slayers that came after David killed Goliath. Before everybody was right, but now there was specifically five other major giants that came down. But it's like other people also stepped in. When Bannister ran the four mile, excuse me, the one mile in four minutes that had never been done before. Now there was hundreds of people that have done it since. It's almost like, ah, and that often came after discouragement, discouragement, discouragement. So many times I was not able to do it. And then finally, now, now I'm going to take a courageous act, go after it. You break that and that opens up for a whole new group of people that can follow there. And that gives you joy. If that's for your own kids, if that's for your spiritual children, or if that is just for nations, these courageous acts that is coming because people face discouragement that is giving the reward. That is so powerful. You know, I like to liken um, dreams to a cross-country runner, if you will. It's like, as a cross-country runner, you're running your race and you have different things that you'll face. So disappointment could be one. It's maybe your time's not as good as you thought it would be. You know, discouragement is another. It's you didn't place first place, so you're really discouraged that all of your hard work's not paying off. And then there's another element, distractions, when we're, when we're pursuing our dreams and walking with God is there's things that they're not necessarily bad. They can be good things that distract us from, from what our calling and our destiny is. So I'd love to hear um, some of your thoughts around uh, navigating distractions and, and how to stay focused on, on your walk with God and pursuing your dreams. Yeah, and, and distraction can be also a lot of things that people, I mean, they, they do not necessarily even have a choice when distractions comes in. Because they maybe do have a certain dream or certain calling, and it just marriage as an example. It's fun because I know uh, uh, there is. I was just thinking about some of the people that are not married. They're like, "Oh, life is so busy. I have, I have to go to work and maybe go to school and Netflix." And Sounds then so- a lot like my life. <laughs> but then suddenly now you have. Oh, it's no longer just you and Jesus. Now it's you and Jesus right. and somebody else that wants also half of your life and half of your time. So that suddenly comes in and. 
I'm not necessarily saying it has to be a bad distraction. It can be one can do a thousand and two, ten thousand. It can be, but it can be a distraction. And then, oh, so now I'm going to share my night, my sleep with this one child, and then, oh, two children, and things just moves on. So now you have the work, and now you have the, and you just start to add and add and add. So I'm saying even just the distractions in life, then you certainly have is people are paying bill and then you have the mortgage and then the car and the car breaks down and some of it is just also the attack from the enemy where the enemy then going in and starts with distraction and I think that some of the distraction for me and it's been there over and over again it's just you can become complacent it's easy to be average because everything in the system is kind of made up for you to be average as soon as you're trying to break through that average barrier in the next moment if that's for you in school now you're juggling coming into the office going beyond what is being expected here and you're going to the school and i've seen it in your eyes when you came out of your discouragement distraction phase and now also making sure i'm not going to be distracted here i am staying focused because i see these refugee camps i see these nations then he, so you have certain things there that you are focused on but there's all these things that can easily distract you and before you know it you're i owe i owe and off to work i go and people ending up and they no longer have freedom and so financially speaking it's definitely one of those things that stops people and bring them into distraction and so most of your energy is spent of just trying to pay bills learning just how to survive there's other distractions it's the same relationship but it's also where the enemy comes in specifically the enemy if he just knows if you are stepping into this assignment all i need to do is just bring you a little distraction away from that and it takes just one side road in the next moment takes you far away from the city that you were supposed to go to so many many times for many of us there is detours but for me then to get back again to say this is my road this is my calling this is what he's called me to do i think it comes out of one thing is jesus had the i am statements and i think it's going to be very important jesus says i am i am I am the bread of life. I am the wine. I am. So it's the security of I am. This is who I am. Because then you do not going in with the enemy coming if you are or question. That's one of the area that this is who I am. But it's also who I'm not. I am. And so Jesus had that. Second of all, he knew very clearly this is what I'm called to do. So he could walk through a city and not heal everybody in that city. When you start to see the pattern of Jesus, because he knew this is what my father, all I do is what I see my father do, and I say what my father says. I know who I am, but as a son, I know who I am in my relationship to the Holy Spirit and my father, but I know what I'm called to do. And Jesus was also, he made sure that to keep his eye very clearly on the focus. The ultimate was the cross. The ultimate thing, Jesus endured the suffering that is part of history. What was his dream? He had a vision for his father's dream, and that was to restore the sons and daughters back to glory. So he went all the way to the cross without getting distracted because he kept his eye on that. And there were so many things that wanted to pull him away, including himself with the first couple of deeds in the garden. Oh, if there's another way, I, I like to get out of this one in the garden to see even his cry. But he knew this is what I'm called to do. And then you saw the ultimate. Then you saw there was, a, there was the burial of that dream. It looked like that and all of hell was rejoicing and it was almost for three days hell was in a party <laughs> we killed we killed him 
but no, he didn't. Then the resurrection comes afterwards. And when the resurrection came, and this is also part of the dream journey for all of us. So I'm saying that there are some lessons there from the life of Jesus that I have seen in my own life. Uh, I have been distracted. I get distracted with the office. I get distracted with health condition. I get distracted suddenly before you know it that you're getting an anointing, you're getting blessed, you're getting, and all the blessings can consume you and take you away from the blesser. Uh, the Father gives you these toys you prayed for, and now with these toys, you're spending all this time and energy being distracted by the very toys that easily can take you away. So I'm saying that there's all these things that can so easily distract us, and it would be so easy for me to run around and doing conferences and meetings, coming in here and writing books, and before you know it, you end up doing some good things, but it is not what I was born to do. It was not what makes me alive. And before you know it, suddenly you're realizing you're burning flesh instead of oil mm. because the anointing rests mm. upon your assignment. So know what you're called to do. Knowing who you are, know what you're called to do. And then keep your eye on that. That's going to be one of the best things because then you're going to start to see that Jesus endured the suffering because the joy set before him. Let it be a joy that is set before you. Then you're going to go through this season. I was just thinking of that verse in Hebrews. Um, it's a picture of the runner, and there's a portion of it that goes, um, as you run, laying aside every weight. Mm -hmm. When you break it down in the original text, it's literally the picture of one of my favorite movies is Forrest Gump. Oh, yeah. And there's this scene where Forrest <laughs> is running from these bullies, and Ginny's in the back of the truck, and she's screaming, run, Forrest, run. And he has the braces on his legs, and he is, as he's running, the braces are falling off. Oh, and yeah. when you break down the original text in that passage, that's the picture that you get is, wow. um, as you're running the race, the, the things that distract you, the disappointments, the discouragement, it, those things will fall off, but just don't stop running. Yeah. So I, wow. I think what you're saying is so brilliant because they're, they're tangible things that will help us along the way of, of okay, it's, it almost feels like a miracle to see a dream come true because there's life just happens and there's so many things that can trip you up. But really, it, it, it is about being with Jesus. It's, it's, it's those things. If you just don't stop running, don't stop pursuing, this thing's going to happen in your life no matter what comes your way. And so I'm really encouraged. And I'd love to hear the final D is delay. I'd love to hear what do you do when you feel delayed in your dream when God has spoken things to your heart and um and like you you have so many stories of of things that are finally coming true but there there was a great delay like the the e-course the Rain in Life Academy <laughs> is one of my favorite examples of God spoke this to you this dream to you years ago you and Jennifer and we're finally see it, seeing it come to fruition so I'd love to hear a little bit about your journey from when God spoke that to you years ago and it actually happening now. Yeah, and I think it was, uh, I came home from Mozambique. I remember we lived in Columbus, Georgia and sat in a, we had a little portable jacuzzi in the backyard. So I was sitting in the jacuzzi and I said, one day, one day I'm going to be able to take the very thing that I have because I had been traveling all over Mozambique and I was exhausted and jet like I came home. But it's like taking and driving 20 hours and 16 hours and you fly across the world and meetings all day and then you go to the next village and the next place it was like so exhausting so it's just it but it didn't exist at that time my dream is one day i sat there i'm going to be able to be there and i'm going to take people on a journey and people around the world i can take them through the same processes and so me and jen were just kind of dreamed of something but there was no technology and then about seven years ago i realized wow there is technology even before we moved to atlanta it was in florence alabama but then there are so many other things on your plate 
like I've been writing books. <laughs> you speak in conferences, you travel around, you're running an office, you have a wife, kid. I mean, it's just, so you've gone on this long, long journey. And then I realized that we, we were just doing a baptism of love in one of the meetings. And for a moment, I was again very tired and exhausted. It's like all these things came about. And I just realized that I had so little energy left over to kind of put the e-courses in place. I knew it would have a tremendous value because my dream would be, what if I can raise up the next Esther, the next Daniel, the next, uh, the next uh, Joseph, the next Nehemiah? What if we raise up sons and daughters that are full of love and full of power and full of wisdom? I can take them on a journey, how they receive it, how they become it, and how they release it. So the language was very clear of what my dream was. But to get there, uh, I have some technophobia. So that was one thing I had to overcome. Uh, we had a lot of other just resources because if we're going to start to put resources, we're taking away from somewhere else that we don't have. So there was at least about 10 different things that put the delay. But at that moment, I realized I had to coming into the point and, and you do not turn back. You're stepping out of the boat and you're actually stepping on water and saying, now we're going to go for it. Because I was going to have this whole group of men to do a baptism of love. And then I stopped for a moment and said, excuse me, I can give you a baptism of love and I can pray so you, you, you just have a waterfall of love and have this encounter that you've heard me have and Paul Yara was with me. Or I can give you a seed of love. And they looked at me. But if I give you a seed of love, that would go and get rooted and grounded in your heart. And then you can become a tree of love. What would that have to do with your marriage? in your home, in your business, your community. And then you can then reproduce that to become a forest of love. The same on power and wisdom. That started a process that's probably a year and a half, two years ago. So it's before we had even started. But that moment I realized, but I still didn't know. And we tried different ways to get it. And then eventually, and, and we've gone through, and that's usually the way it goes. We've been distracted in a lot of different areas. And it's cost much more, taken much longer time require much more it's always that way but now you start to see that dream becoming destiny now we already have all these people that have had an upgrade and love other people are receiving it and we're finishing actually the dream thing that we talk about the dream killer is part of one of the lessons that i just felt needed to be part of the upgrade in power but i realized imagine now all these people around in the churches that while i'm sitting here that was what happened in jacuzzi all those years ago, now that's becoming a reality. Thinking about 200 people in a community in Ohio that could go through this, or 100 people in Pennsylvania that can go through it, and all over these places, people that on there, they can have access to me, and they can also have access to my friends like Bill Johnson and Randy Clark and Sean Bowles, Heidi Baker, many of the other people, and learning how to become this message themselves, and they can do it themselves. And that's part of me being a dream releaser, I'm seeing my dream being fulfilled by helping other people, their dream to be fulfilled. So they can be full of love, power, and wisdom. So anyway, yes, there's been a lot of delays, <laughs> but we are getting there. And we are now seeing the end of the power. And yes. by the end of this year, I'm speaking it out clear, we will have the wisdom yes, journey. We and we will have all three of them finish. So, yes. and that's part of the thing is that, yes, those delays has been there. And we go through, every book I've had has been delays. One of the books took three years. I thought it was gonna take eight months. I thought it was going to cost about $6,000 and it cost about $30,000. But we're smiling. The book is there. We finished because to be overcomers and then to be able to face your disappointment, discouragement, distractions and the delays, they are part of life. Mm. But then to get back again 
that's pretty much my desire, my heart for every single one of us so that we can hear more and more people to see their dream is becoming their destiny. And one more advice uh, on the journey. I think that one of my mistakes, Kaylee, that I've done because I'm such a dreamer is like when I get on the top of this mountain then and then here's the next thing. Now I'm sensing more and more enjoy the journey. Wow. Enjoy the journey. So it's kind of on the way on the top of that mountain. If your dream is to get on the top of that mountain, if that's that book or if that's the e-course, it's all the challenges you get to have every single day on your journey. To see that flower, to see that squirrel, to stop at that park bench, to all these things, the people you get to do it with, the journey, the heading towards it. It's not so much just to see your dream becoming your reality. It's more the journey what dreamers have. And that's why I think I'm a dreamer. It's not so much because, wow, I'm going to accomplish this or accomplish that. It's more that I'm alive when I dream. And it is not something that uh, one day this is what I'm going to reach. No, today I'm dreaming and I'm doing a couple of small little bites of that big elephant. And the way you eat an elephant is one bite at a time. And that's kind of what the dreamers do. But I'm encouraging everyone that is listening enjoy enjoy today enjoy tomorrow but even some of the discouragement all of those d's they are there and they are dream killers but they don't have to be and even if you have had a funeral of your dream there's also resurrection of your dream and i'm just going to even release that over people that is going to be all these resurrection of dreams again things that you maybe it was 30 years or maybe it was 15 years like i said in my life there's some of those things that has been taking 22 23 years and i'm sitting there and and I've still not fulfilled it. It's not, but it's not over yet. At the age of 52, I'm still dreaming. And then to be with Papa Jack, he's 84. I talked to him yesterday. He is dreaming at the age of 84. So as long as we continue to dream, we live. The moment we stop dreaming, I also think there's something in us that starts dying and we start surviving. And we were not intended just to survive, but we're called to thrive. Because now I need a Holy Spirit. Now I need you, Kaylee. Now I need all these other people in my life when I'm dreaming. Because my dream is always bigger than myself. I need God. I need people. And I need to continue to grow and expand myself. But then I have these four D's that comes after me. And I don't like that. <laughs> but it is part of the journey towards our destiny. Wow. Leif, thank you so much for sharing your heart today. Um, the information you shared and the tips so invaluable because of your yes there's so many of us that um will actually be able to navigate things really well from your lessons from your your life experiences our our lessons learned and just really appreciate that and i'm so thankful for you taking the time and sharing that with us and would really love to enc encourage those who are uh, listening to um just identify some of those areas because life said we, we face all of these areas in our life we can't actually get away from them we're all going to face them at some some point in life and there's going to be circumstances that lead us that way and um just take a moment and identify where god is in it that's something that i grabbed from what leaf was sharing today was although this is how the enemy gets us god is ever present in each of these areas and he wants to walk with you through it so i would encourage you to take a moment and and really write some things down that you're facing and ask god where are you in this and and help me get to the other side um <laughs> if you're wanting to hear more uh come back soon we have a few amazing podcasts 
that we're going to be releasing uh, over the summer and um, just some some valuable information. And we're going to have some things on wisdom coming out that's going to lead up to our release and upgrade in power, upgrade in wisdom, and also some really cool podcasts about some of our favorite passages in the Bible with encounters like Isaiah 6 will be coming up soon. So check back here for uh, updated news and also visit globalmissionawareness.com for uh, the most up-to-date information on what's going on in the organization. Thanks so much for listening. Kaylee, I want you to pray over them before you hang off. Yeah, Release a blessing over Sierra. Yes, I would love to. <laughs> Jesus, I thank you that you want our dreams to come <laughs> true. <laughs> that it, it, as much as it feels like we're fighting for our dreams, God, you've actually already won the fight for us, Father. And I, I thank you for dreaming these dreams with us and for us, Father. I want to pray for uh, those listening, Father, that um, you would just breathe, breathe a refreshing in each person, God, that um, that you would help us to hope again. Romans 5, 5 says, hope does not disappoint. God, we are going to choose to trust that today, that um, hoping in you, believing in you again, and believing for these dreams will not be a disappointment, will not be a discouragement. God, and, and we're saying yes again to, to holding your hand in the, and seeing these dreams come true. And I just really thank you for your presence and that you're along with us mm. along the journey. Bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 <laughs>